Previously on Hound Radio's Arch Campbell podcast. This movie, RRR, is getting all mm-hmm. this, everybody's yes. list, and the, the song has beaten out, you know, Rihanna and, and all uh-huh. these other big stars, Lady Gaga. Have you seen this? I tried to watch it. I got about through R. <laughs> the Arch Campbell podcast featuring Arch, Lou Katz, and a cast of thousands begins now. Well, uh, those are a few words from my last visit with Cinema Lou Charlotte and Bill Newcott of the Saturday Evening Post. And uh, that's how that went. Hello, everybody. I'm Arch Campbell. And this is the podcast that tries to keep you up with the ever-changing world of entertainment. Uh, we have a big welcome to our friend, Jen Cheney. Yeah. And so excited to have Thank you back, Thank you for Jen. having me. I, I'm going to read your entire intro because I'm so impressed with how oh, things geez. are going for you. <laughs> so I hope I don't, I don't mean to embarrass you, but Jen is reviewing now for Vulture and New York Magazine. She is a former film critic for the Washington Post, author of As If, The Oral History of Clueless. And now uh, you are co-hosting a podcast called Basic, stories about the early days of cable TV. And I think it's really good. So congratulations. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. (laughs) I'm sure you're not used to a shower of compliments from me, but... But I'm impressed. I'm not used to a shower of compliments from anyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, you deserve them. So, uh, and joining us today is our new best friend. He's a longtime friend of mine, television sports and news producer, who spends all of his spare time at the movies and has for at least 30 years. Let's welcome back Cinema Lou Charlotte. Hi. Thank Yay. you, Arch. Cinema yeah. Lou. Cinema <laughs> Lou produced the sports for uh, George Michael for, what, 20 years? Uh, I'm, st- I'm still uh, <laughs> PTSD from that. Who's, who's counting? <laughs> and then you went to New York and produced a lot of TV. And, and all the time, you've gone to the movies. So uh, it's a lot of fun to have you on. And uh, the people who listen to this podcast love you, Lou. Oh, well, yeah. I, I, <laughs> so, I, that only says something about their taste, I guess. Oh. So anyway, let's dive in. And before we get going into what are you watching, what do you like, I want to mention this week, uh, AMC Theaters announced an idea to charge higher movie ticket prices based on your seat location. The plan is to offer three tiers of seating. Preferred tier seats in the middle of the theater will be the most expensive, followed by standard, the most common choice, which the company says will remain the price of a traditional ticket. If you're in the mood for a bargain and don't mind a slight neck cramp, try value located in the front rows. Those will be the cheapest. What do we think? I think it's a terrible idea. Um, I hate it. Uh, here's my, my suggestion, okay? I mean, clearly they're trying to do whatever they can to generate as much revenue as possible when fewer people are going to the movies. Fine. Charge me more to go to a movie where you only show me three oh trailers God, and then get on with it. That's yeah. what they used to do at the Arclight, oh, and they didn't charge extra, beautiful. by the way. Mm. I realize we can't have nice things like uh, that anymore. But, like, I would pay a couple extra dollars to not have to sit through seven trailers before a movie. Yeah. Don't yeah. charge me extra where, based on where I sit. So years ago, I went to the movies in, in uh, I think it was might have been Paris, I don't remember. I had nothing better to do in Paris, I guess. 
And, um, <laughs> and nothing to and, see there. <laughs> they listed. There was a movie playing, and it listed two times, and they were about a half an hour apart. And I said, "Well, let's go to the earlier one. We get out earlier." Well, it turns out that that earlier time was the time the trailer started, and the second time was the time the movie started. Maybe oh, that's man. a way to do it. You know, to, when does the movie really start? As far as the, the, the that sightline uh, pricing, you know, I'm an A-list member, and so I don't think it affects me because if I go to a, a you know a 3D or regular, it's the same thing. Um, but I I usually look to make sure I'm not sitting near anyone, so I don't mind sitting in the front. I don't mind sitting on the side. So it didn't, when I looked at it, I just kind of shrugged. I, I don't know what, like, I don't know the details. Like how much more are they going to charge? Uh, you know, and I don't think they know the details either. I just think it's silly and I think it's going to blow up in their face. And as for me personally, I sit at the top row in the far side and as far away from everyone. And I, and I go to the first matinee, so it's I don't think it's going to affect me. So basically, it's just another reason to be mad at AMC, and well, I think you, they made a mistake. Do you think that maybe they floated it out there to see what the reaction would be? <laughs> Jen is you can't. We don't have video, but Jen <laughs> is smirking. <laughs> I don't mean to smirk. I'm sorry. No, I love it. <laughs> I, I think we've got three uh thumbs down on this so uh cinema Lou, what are you watching these days what do you like there's not a lot of movies out there that are new or interesting but no. i'm actually catching up on some um some some tv shows that i kind of missed over the years fauda and hacks are two of them um mm, and the, the bear i'm catching up on but i also really like the last of us and your honor I like those toes. Those are those are um, current shows. Yesterday morning, two bodies were found buried in the back garden of a house. The more we run, the more guilty we'll see. We cannot confirm the circumstances under which they came to be buried in that location. It's just you and me. I think Jen is a fan of The Last of Us. Yeah, um, you know, for people who haven't seen it, it, it's based on a video game, but if you've never played the video game, it doesn't matter. Um, it's post-apocalyptic story about uh, the relationship between a man who's lost his daughter and a young woman that he has to kind of transport who might be uh, a potentially hope for a vaccine because she seems to be immune to the uh, mushroom pandemic that has made me absolutely terrified of mushrooms now. I'm never putting them on a pizza again. There's a um, mushroom pandemic. It's not even a joke. Like there was a story in the Wall Street Journal uh -huh. that was like describing the conditions that are happening now that could not make this, you know, just a, a fiction. So, um, but it yeah. happened here. It could, it could happen here. Well, um, anyway, uh, I think it's, I think it's really well done and, uh, it's doing very, very well for HBO. They've already renewed it for a second season. It's, it's sort of the big talker of, of the year so far. Uh, that guy, uh, hosted Pedro Saturday Pascal. Night Live. That he was guy. phenomenal. It was great. Yes. I agree. He, and, and I think, uh, if something happened to Saturday Night Live suddenly uh, last week, they were hilarious. I was laughing out loud. The sketch they did that was like the Mario Kart, like HBO show, I thought was incredibly well done, um, especially if you've ever played Mario Kart, which I used to do very often. Uh, and then the wing pit sketch that was the, about the wing. I was in tears laughing. at that. Oh, <laughs> and, 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 the, and the sketch they did on, on the movies was yeah. so right on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Robert, name three movies from the past five years. 
Oh, wow. Three? Okay. Um, wow. Top Gun? Okay, that's one. Great. Oh, gosh. <laughs> the Hangover? That was 20 years ago. Um, the Night? Man. Sounds like you're just saying words. Come on, all you need is one. Can't you just name one more movie? Nope. That's right, nope! <laughs> you won the speed round. Yay! Did you see 80 for Brady? Did anybody? I did, I did yes. I saw it twice, Arch. Why did you do this, Lucy? <laughs> I saw it once because I went with some friends who were going, and then my wife wanted to see it, so I saw it again. Okay. You're a good guy. It's it's pretty mindless. <laughs> That's a nice what? way to put it. <laughs> but but you know it was you you can't not love those four women. Right. And I mean even if you hate Tom Brady and I know a lot of people that do. Uh it was kind of a fun movie. Let's go to the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is no place for four old women. This could be Tom's last one. He's almost 40. That's like 80 in people years. Yeah, we're 80 in people years. Let's go! Oh my God, that's Tom I went in with somehow lower expectations than I think are humanly possible. So I, I, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. But I still, in principle, if you're gonna put these four women in a movie, can you please put them in a movie where they don't have to talk about how great Tom Brady is for an hour and a half? It was too much. Yeah. How about Knock on the Cabin? Did you see Knock on the Cabin? I did, yeah. What'd you think? I thought it, did you see it, Arch? I, I did not, no. I did not <laughs> I open that door. Um, I thought it was really tightly constructed uh, and very suspenseful, but the the ending was, I felt like there was something else was gonna be said. I thought there was gonna be another more of a period at the end of the sentence than there was at the end of the movie. Um, but I overall, I thought it was pretty good. What did you think? I, I thought it was pretty good. I agree with you. Um, but t his movies tend to, lately, don't really have it. The ending is kind of wishy-washy. And mm -hmm. so I expected even less than what there was. So okay. I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I can't he say suffers I loved it, so much from it. the sixth sense. The sixth sense is so hard to top. And the and the conclusion of the sixth sense was one of those. I love to think back about the screenings I went to where people gasped, where the the entire crowd went, oh, oh, uh, and the sixth sense was that. And it's he's never been able to replicate. Well, I mean, I think that's true, but I think yeah. I think he has done. He had like a real low point. And, and he's kind of climbing back out of that. I think at this point, I think people's regard for him has risen again. But yes, that movie is amazing. So, Jen, what are you, what do you like these days? What are you watching? Oh, I thought we already did that when I talked about The Last of Us. Um, oh. <laughs> um, well, well Lou had entered it, so I just thought you could throw something else in. Yeah, I can. I can, actually. Um, I don't know if anybody's watching Shrinking on Apple TV. Uh, this is oh, from yeah. the creators uh, of Ted Lasso. Um, stars Ooh. Jason Segel and Harrison Ford in his second mm -hmm. TV show, uh, in the past few months, you know, it's a show that I feel like maybe will sit better with people who are watching it as it rolls out week to week, as opposed to watching it all in one, um, not quite binge, but very close together, which is how I watched it. Cause it does start to rankle on your nerves a little bit. These characters who are, uh, constantly up in each other's business and complaining about things and, and, uh, you know, 
but Harrison Ford is so delightful, so cranky, has no patience for anyone. Exactly what I want to watch Harrison Ford doing. You're just going to burn down your career and take me with you. Coin flip? Get out of here. This is my office. It took you longer than it should have. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if you saw this, but um, and maybe this is a, a new way to go, but uh, The Last of Us usually plays on Sunday on HBO, mm-hmm. and then it's available on demand. Well, right. this week, it's going to be on demand Friday because it's up against the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I, huh. I thought that that was very interesting. They've done that before. That, that's they? happened before. Yeah, they didn't do it last year. But HBO, because we, we were talking about this in uh, in our Slack channels at Vulture, trying to remember, because I was like, I swear they've done this. And they really have, like almost every year of the Super Bowl, whatever mm-hmm. the big Sunday show is, they'll they'll roll it out early for that reason. Um, but yeah, it is it is nice because I think, you know, obviously people are going to preoc- be preoccupied on Sunday night. Did I hear some talk somewhere that uh, the Super Bowl may transfer to a streaming service <laughs> in the near future? that the networks are unable to purchase it and uh, and we may have to watch it on uh, YouTube or IMDb or Roku or something. I have not heard that, but if anything is possible. Like, I would not be surprised oh. if that happens eventually. Yeah. But, but I, I think there's there's too much ad revenue in it right now for the but but you can't can you get the same numbers you're getting? I mean, they expect a record a record um, viewership this year. Yeah. whether that's going to happen or not. But can you get that same number on a streaming service? I doubt it. There's yeah. so much money throwing around. I don't know. I don't I don't know where that came from, but it just jogged in my memory. So we don't have to worry about it this year. <laughs> hey, well, what did the Grammys do uh, Sunday night? Did they do much of a rating? I, you know what? I let me look. I actually did not see what the ratings were because I was so mad about a n- number of other things that I didn't pay any attention. <laughs> yes, uh, you posted a rant on Facebook that I just love, Jen. Um, yeah. Hang on, I'm looking up the the numbers. Actually, mm-hmm. biggest number since 2020. There were 12.4 million viewers, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that is you know good. why they turned it on to watch Beyonce win Best Album, which she didn't do. <laughs> And then everybody got mad at Harry Styles, and I love Harry Styles and Beyonce, and it was just very upsetting for for me personally. Uh, no, I, my rant on on Facebook was purely about some of the posts I'd been seeing in comments on articles about from people you know my age and older being extremely dismissive, like "Oh, they don't make good music anymore." I didn't know any of these artists. Well, that's because you don't pay attention to music. So how do you know if it's good? Uh, I just, I hate, I, I know how I felt when I was a young person and, and older people would, would respond that way. And it bothers me um, now that I'm an older person, but also just because you're older doesn't mean you can't like this music. There's just like this, some idea that like, as you age, you have to stop liking things that are current and you don't, you can like them. You can at least give them a shot. Uh, And I thought this was a very (laughs) strong year for, for music. Like so many albums that I really love were were in competition for some of the big prizes. So uh, th- those comments to me were wildly off base. You know, every year after the Grammys, I start missing radio as it used to be, which, uh, you know, made music uh, available to the masses. And uh, now you have to pick a channel if you're uh, serious. And, I, you know, the entire entertainment world is is niche. And uh, I, you know, I miss uh, mass media, I guess is what I'm thinking. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I feel that. Um, I, I do feel like it used to be a more kind of communal experience that everybody was listening to the same stuff. That being said, and, and maybe you found a way. Did you escape Harry Styles this year? Because you couldn't cross the street without hearing him or seeing him or something. But maybe that well, was my experience because okay. I listened to his album every day of the <laughs> past 10 months. But. You know, to, to get back what you said, back to what you said, Jen, you know, if you think about it, our grandparents probably hated the Beatles when they heard them. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's, yeah. It's all, it's all a generational thing. I, I, I had a conversation with Larry Gatlin a few years ago, and he was a big shot in the country music industry, you know, a while back. And he came out with a new song and he said, there's no place to play this. It would be a hit back in the old days. But now I can't get anybody to play it because there are no stations that play it. So it's it's an evolving business. And and I think you, your point is well taken. It changes. And, you know, it's if you don't like it tough, it's just changing. I, sure, sure. I, but I think the difference is that, say, like our, hearing the Beatles or or let's say Elvis for older people, then it was it was a completely different genre they've never heard before like people my age we grew up with not only rock but hip-hop like it's been in our lives our whole lives so the idea that we need to adapt to something that sounds so wildly different like it doesn't it's not quite as massive a shift um so that's why it it bothers me because it's not like it's not like the music they're making now is so radically different than what we've been listening to all our lives you know like it's just new Open your mind a little bit. I don't know. Well, this makes me appreciate my father because growing up, he liked the Beatles because he liked their musicianship. And he was uh, he was musically uh, gifted. He had perfect pitch and played piano by ear. And uh, he said, you know, the Beatles are really writing good music. I would be remiss if I didn't mention that our producer, Lou Katz, was a classic radio host in all of those years. And Lou, are we making you sad? No, not at all. <laughs> you know, the, the beauty of running my little internet radio station out of my basement is I can play whatever the hell I want when I want. And, <laughs> and, the, and the couple handfuls of listeners, you know, they'll, they'll either listen or they'll turn it off. But no, the radio business truly has changed. And don't get me started or I'll just take up all your time. But <laughs> that's another podcast. That's, a, that's another podcast. Hey, Jen, I don't know if it was because of you or something I read, but I watched a couple of episodes of Poker Face on Peacock. Mm-hmm. And as you know, I've been ranting about Peacock. <laughs> they really should give it to you for free. Uh, they should. I worked there 32 years. Why do I have to pay them five bucks? <laughs> but uh, so I tried this poker face thing and I kind of like Natasha Leone. I guess I'm not over the part where you're a human lie detector. Yeah, I know. It's uh, it's crazy. You ever gamble because you can make a killing. <laughs> nah. Have you seen it? I mean, I have not. I've watched I, I need to catch up. I've watched um, only the first three and I know more are available and I have all of them and I just haven't gotten to it. But. Um, I especially like the third episode. I don't know how far you got. The third episode was really, really strong. The Texas episode. Yes. The barbecue one. Yeah, the barbecue episode yeah. I thought was really terrific. The, I thought the second one was kind of weak, and I liked the yeah. first one a lot. And I do yeah. like Natasha. Hey, got a cigarette? <laughs> <laughs> hey, want a drink? <laughs> I... But it kind of reminded me of the old style. You know, it would have been uh, like a a Tuesday night show on uh, on NBC. 
Right. I mean, they're basing it on Columbo. I mean, they've said that pretty, uh-huh. pretty uh, blatantly. And if you watch like in the beginning, the way they do the, uh, the credits and they have the like copyright, like that's very much like a seventies Columbo style. So they really are like paying homage to that. Well, and I got a whiff of the fugitive from it. Same thing, mm, you know, okay. he, he was wandering the country and then having adventures. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I thought it was okay. I'm going to go to shrink because of you. I'm going to Apple TV. I'm going to start shrinking. That's, that's my, my, uh, thing from, uh, this show so far. I, I finished four seasons of Yellowstone. <laughs> I think I. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Congratulations, I guess. <laughs> I, did you watch Yellowstone, Lou? I have not. I still haven't. It's My wife the wants me to, and I will, but I haven't yet. Now, on Saturday Night Live, they said, oh, it's succession only outside. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the Godfather. It's the mm. Godfather with a little roping and riding country music thrown in and uh you know i'm i'm sated on that i watched the uh movie uh you people with julia louis dreyfus mm-hmm. either of you sample that i have Is not it, gotten to that okay I, 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 it got terrible reviews but yeah. with that cast eddie murphy i mean a terrific cast so you want to marry my daughter yes yes i do well ezra you could try. But they hate me. Can you honestly say that your family's excited to have my black ass in the picture? <laughs> oh my gosh, you are so beautiful. I like your braids. Thank you. Exhibit had braids. It was a riff on it. Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Yeah, or I liked Meet it. The a parents. Lot. Did you like it, Arch? I, you know, I. It was sitcom y. Uh, the, you know, I like the dialogue. I by no means great, and and I kind of question Jonah Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, falls in love with Lauren London, and they're a mixed race couple. And I guess if I had any uh trouble, uh, it started with I can't imagine why those two are together. I agree. But Julia Louis Dreyfus, it's just so good to see her. So, you know, it was okay. And Eddie Murphy doesn't do much, so it's always good to see Eddie Murphy doing something. And I, I, I think this is the first time, if I'm not mistaken, that Eddie Murphy and Julie Louis-Dreyfus have been in something together since they were on Saturday Night Live in the early 80s. So that's pretty cool. She did, She keeps saying she did not have a happy experience there. Of course oh, she did. On Saturday Night Live, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. She was a woman. Of course she didn't have a happy experience there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, maybe it's changing. I, you know, I keep wanting Saturday Night Live make a, make Saturday Night Live great again. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost happened two or three times this year. The Steve Martin, uh, Martin Short episode was my favorite so far, but the one Saturday night was awfully good. Yeah. So then, then I'm sorry. The next live show they announced is Woody Harrelson as the host. And, you know, I like Woody Harrelson, but they need to put, like Pablo Pascal was was terrific. Mm. Somebody new, somebody different. Um, you could really do some good stuff with him. They need somebody like that. I, I keep mm. I keep hoping I see Henry Winkler's name on there. Could oh, you imagine? that would be great. That w- wouldn't yeah, that be Henry, nice? The, the 50th anniversary, you know, 50 years uh-huh. later, happy days, uh-huh. he walks in with a cane. It would have be hilarious. <laughs> 
<laughs> that, that you know, I think a lot of people. There was a, a Twitter post: Who would you like to see host Saturday Night Live? And and Henry Winkler's name came up a bunch of times. And the mm. story is they asked him to do it when he was hot, you know, when he was doing Happy Days. And he has uh, he has some problems reading and and he's he said dyslexic. He wasn't, he, right, he's dyslexic, and he he said he couldn't do it. But now he said if they asked me, I would do it. And Barry's coming back, him. so it would be perfect. Yeah, yeah when is Barry re re uh, upping? I believe it's in April. Originally, it was supposed mm. to be a little earlier, and they pushed it back a bit. Um, but yes, it's definitely sometime this spring. Uh, that is that was just the greatest push to Henry Winkler. Mm-hmm. You know that that is the. Th- I'm sure there are people that only know him from Barry. Now he's so good. Uh, I would like to give a shout out to my old friend Count Gore Duvall. Does mm-hmm. anyone remember Count Gore? I remember him as Captain 20 mostly, but yes, I do. <laughs> he he hosts movies at the American Film Institute every three or four months. And Friday, uh, or, or last weekend, he uh, celebrated the 50th anniversary of Creature Feature. Tonight, we've got... Dracula versus Frankenstein, and what can I say except let's get to tonight's movie. Started on Channel 20 in 1973, and he celebrated with uh, a screening of The Shining from 1980. And it was uh, it was wonderful to watch that that film with an audience on a, a giant screen and a beautiful print. And uh, I was really impressed to see The Shining again and to see how well it plays. Any thoughts on The Shining? I mean, it's a great movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I hate to, everybody says iconic about stuff now and it drives me insane, but that but that movie is, there's imagery in that, that you know immediately mm-hmm. what movie it is if you just see it for two seconds. What uh, hit me was the pacing. It's slow paced. So, you know, it's like a slow twist and Nicholson just slowly turns into a, a crazy guy. And it's long, like two and a half hours long. Well, that's and, nothing uh, these days. No. Well. If it's not more than three hours, it's not long. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Any thoughts on the Oscar nominations? Oh, came out you'll, have me, you'll have me ranting, Arch. Oh, I want to hear that. I usually see... I usually, you know, I'll go through the Oscar list, and I've usually seen the, every every actor, supporting actor, supporting actress, actress, foreign film, documentary. This year, I've seen no documentaries, no foreign films. There are there are actors and actresses I haven't seen. Um, I looked at the New York Times had their ten best list. Eight of the movies not only haven't I seen, I haven't heard of. Um, hmm. Like this two Leslie movie, I said, okay, well, I should see this movie. You can't find it. And they made fun of it on Saturday Night Live. They said it made $27,000. And somebody said, oh, that's right. not bad for a week. No, that's six months since it came out. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, you, you can't, I saw the preview for it. It looked like a good movie. She's nominated. She must have done a good job. I know it's controversial. But I can't find the movie anywhere. Um, so I, I don't know how, you know, if, if, if people don't see it, how is it nominated? I don't, I don't get it. And I know you guys must get screeners, but most people don't. And I think it kind of, it's kind of losing touch with, with the mainstream audience. That's, can that's you get problem. it for uh, uh, 10 bucks or 20 bucks? If you go to uh, prime video or YouTube or something, 
I didn't. I didn't. I didn't see it there. I. I, I mean, really? that's true. But. I think it might be streaming, but I'm not positive. That you know, too. Leslie is such a weird situation because it just wasn't even being discussed, right. uh, even among people who were seeing all the four-year considerations until, uh, you know, this kind of campaign for Andrea Riseborough came out of nowhere. <laughs> um, so and literally, <laughs> yeah. Did you, see the, yeah. did you see the movie, Jim? Uh, uh-uh, I did not because it no. wasn't on my radar at all. Yeah. I was trying to, to catch everything else. I literally, uh-huh. literally eight of the ten movies on the Times top ten list. Some a reviewer for the Times. I never heard of any of those movies. Never heard of them. I saw That's- a list of predictions for Oscar winners and Best Picture, everything, everywhere, all at once. Best actress. Uh, the the actress from that best supporting actor the supporting actor from that best director the director of everything everywhere all at once and Lou and I I think share uh, the idea of what the hell was that <laughs> <laughs> I do not share that idea <laughs> you, you love it uh, well I don't know if I love it but I I liked it a lot and I thought it was really adventurous and interesting and. Frankly, a lot of the times the Oscars plays it very boring. And so we'll see what they do. But if they embrace a movie like that, I think that's a positive thing, to be honest. Um, <laughs> or just like, uh. Did people see that movie? Did yes. People go to, they did? It did very well. I mean, much better than they thought it was going to do because they thought it was just going to be a small little movie. And people came out to see that. Um, I know everybody says Top Gun did it all last year, which, you know, it, it was a huge force for sure. But a lot of people went out and saw everything everywhere all at once. And I think that's a point in its favor too. Well, Top Gun, Top Gun was old school, ordinary, you know, 1990 movie making. So it certainly didn't press the envelope of anything. I guess everything everywhere does. Jen is going to bite my head off when I I say, (laughs) I think it's not for me. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, not, it might that might be the case. You know, that's uh-huh. that's a legitimate response. Uh, so I'm I am afraid that the Oscars will further uh, uh, depress the movie industry. I mean, I don't think the Oscars will depress it. I don't think it's going to raise it necessarily. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, it used to be, as you guys know very very well, that if you won Best Picture or, or really any Oscar, it, it would maybe be a bump in, in people going out to see it and buy tickets. And I don't know that that correlation is necessarily going to exist, especially with something like Everything Everywhere, which will have been more than a year old or, or close to a year old by the time the Oscars happen. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, that, that, that movie doesn't need extra help at this point. The Oscars used to be an, a television event. People would tune in. Ratings have gone down every year. Yeah. Because I, I think, and, and maybe I'm wrong, Jen, you may... You may have a better grasp of this. I think people don't identify with the movies. They don't see them. They don't care. And they don't watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I certainly think that has something to do with it. Oh, dear. <laughs> and I, I want to do this podcast to be an up. <laughs> an inspiring, funny time on the audio channel. Well, well in that vein... Let's uh, throw it over to uh, Lou Katz, Mr. Radio, uh, in the control room of Hound Radio. Arch, we got a new feature where we're saluting our listeners, and here's one I think you'll recognize. 
It's another Hound Radio mini plug. Connecting you with other members of our Hound Radio family. Cleveland Park Valet in Northwest D.C. is where Peter Freeman and staff enjoy our best breeds of music via their iPhone and Bluetooth speaker. Thanks, Cleveland Park Valet, for pressing those pants while listening to Hound Radio. That reminds me, I need my pants pressed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, there's a couple of things to mention. First, uh, recently, Melinda Dillon uh, has passed away, and I think people are uh, revisiting her career and uh, responding. uh, Best known, I guess, as the mom in A Christmas Story. Oh, Randy, don't play with your food. Eat it. Starving people would be happy to have that. Any thoughts on Melinda Dillon? Um, I was very sad to see that she had passed away. She had passed mm-hmm. away really um, early in January, but the news didn't come out right away until yeah. until more recently. Um, I just thought she was such a lovely actor. And in, in, in both the mm-hmm. movies you mentioned, those are the sort of big ones. And, and you know, I watch A Christmas Story every year, at least once, sometimes more mm-hmm. if I leave the uh, marathon on in the background. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. And uh, she's she's the unsung hero of that movie. She gives a terrific, terrific, funny sweet performance in that movie um go ahead you know they did the uh the the remake of of a christmas story this year which was not very good but um i think julie haggerty played the mother and i saw that and i said that doesn't work because Mm -hmm. melinda Melinda dillon just defined that role yeah Mm -hmm. she was more she was wiser i loved the scene at the very end when uh, the father and mother uh, sit down on the couch together and he puts mm-hmm. his arm around her and they look at the snow. And uh, that's that's just such a, a lovely moment. Oh, honey, come over here, look at this. Oh, is that beautiful. Oh. Uh, also, uh, Cindy Williams passed away, uh, best known for Laverne and Shirley. But I remember her in The Conversation, mm-hmm. which is uh, an extraordinary. I, that's uh, Count Gore won't show The Conversation, but <laughs> maybe I can see it somewhere. And uh, uh, American Graffiti. Where was I? Oh, how you thought high school romances were goofy and we started going together just because you thought I was kind of cute and funny, but then you suddenly realized you were in love with me, it was serious, and, um, um, oh, you're really enough to something kind of big. Both of you guys, have you met her? Yes. The thing that I that I noticed, everybody who, who had met her and posted on Facebook said she was a wonderful person. Mm-hmm. And I think having interviewed a lot of sports people and some news people and, and some folks in performing arts you know my 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 vision of my my opinion of them is clouded if they're not a nice person no matter how talented mm-hmm. they are and the fact Ooh. that she was talented and a nice person i think is a is a great oh, who's on your bad list <laughs> oh uh, there's a lot of them arch That's oh a come on Tell, <laughs> give, give me a top three uh, well, well we'll do that next time uh, oh come <laughs> on <laughs> you're killing me yeah, I um, I uh, I moderated a conversation with Cindy Williams a few years ago when her book came out, um, and she was she was really lovely. And you know, I've been thinking a lot about her career after she passed away, and specifically about Laverne and Shirley, which uh, I was a huge fan of as as a kid. And 
you know, Mary Tyler Moore existed before that, but like that was the first show I can remember being like, oh, you can grow up and be an adult and like just live with your best friend and like have a job and like you don't have to be married and have a family because that was the predominant like sitcom uh, construct at the time. And she and I mean, I was watching some old clips of that and my God, they were so great together. And it's sad now of the four main people on Laverne and Shirley, only Michael McKeon is still with us. So uh, we're looking at the uh, weekend and uh, what shall we recommend for the weekend? Hmm. Well, personally, I'm going to start shrinking. Uh, that's been on my list and I had forgot about it. So uh, Apple TV shrinking. I'll be. Uh, can I binge it? Is it OK to binge? You can. They dropped. They're rolling it out weekly. They dropped the first two and then it's one after each week after that. So you can mm -hmm. you can binge like three, I think, okay. at this point, maybe. That's, that's you know, a good, you know, a good snack. three is the new one. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if I can recommend it yet, but tonight I will be going to see Magic Mike's Last Dance, uh, which is uh, Warner Brothers has done an abysmal job of promoting this film. I've mentioned it to people who have no idea that it's coming out. Um, I don't know if it's going to be good, but that's uh, that's where my focus is. Well, see, the only movie opening this weekend, only new movie, I believe. So, and I, 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 I'm going to the movies. I've seen the trailer every time. I'm sick of it. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> doesn't mean I won't see it. But I'm sick. <laughs> that doesn't mean I won't go. Right. Cinema Lou, I love having you on the show. You're our new favorite uh, flavor of the year. And Jen Cheney, it's always a pleasure. We'll see you uh, at Vulture, and uh, your your basic uh, podcast is terrific. And uh, just a real pleasure to have both of you here. And we'll be back. Thank you for listening and have a good week. This is the Cats Podcasting System, where it's not just a podcast, but a podcast.